if you are consistently posting your positioning, if you're consistently positioning yourself on that social media platform as an expert and you grow an audience, you can bring them other places with you. They will follow you. Interesting. Welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. I'm your host, Deepak Sharma, and this podcast aims to connect communities through conversation. I truly believe that all human beings are fundamentally the same and really kind of want the same things. So I like to have conversations with people from different walks of life to explore just that. This week, I sit down with Regan Bradley, a personal brand strategist and founder of Women Who Weed, a book club and community for stiletto stoners, the motivated type who wear pumps by day but smoke by night. Women Who Weed has over 250 members that meet up once a month for various events, field trips, and book reads. Regan was a former host for Local Talks Ottawa, a monthly speaker series for entrepreneurs. And in this podcast, we talk about how that experience paved the way for her to quit her full-time job and instead focus on her side hustles and take the full plunge into entrepreneurship. Regan has a passion for community building, marketing, storytelling, And we got into how she established her own personal brand and the power of personal branding as a business tool. We talk about her finding cannabis as a niche, making the decision to quit the 9 to 5 to pursue entrepreneurship, as well as her process for personal development. Finally, we dive into women who weed and why she started it, as well as the vision for the company. I love bringing this kind of content to you, but I need your help to take it to the next level. And here's how you can do it. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please leave a rating and review and share the link to the podcast on all platforms. And another thing that could really help me out is if you could subscribe to my email list on my website, www.itsnotthatdeeppodcast.com, or contribute to my Patreon page. I hope that you enjoy the podcast, and just remember, it's not that deep. Regan Bradley, welcome to the It's Not That Deep podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm really (laughs) pumped to be here. Me too. I'm super excited. We've been talking about this for a little while now and we're finally able to make it happen. Oh, yeah. Um, You're a very interesting person with a very interesting story because you are a um, personal brand strategist, founder of um, Women Who Weed, and we'll definitely get into all that as well. Um, But I just really love your hustle and... um, Super excited to share your story because you were um, a uh, host for Local Talks, uh, which is a uh, monthly speaker series for entrepreneurs. Um, but what's most interesting about you to me is like how you maintained a full-time job while doing a lot of these things and have now transitioned out of that. So Yeah, big moves. Yeah, big, big moves. moves. <laughs> you went from entrepreneur to entrepreneur. A little scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. Being scared is good, though. Being scared means that you know, you're doing something that's outside of your comfort Get zone. Get comfortable at being uncomfortable. I love it. It's that's like a good punchline. No, it is. I like, I, I'm all, I'm a sucker for these like little quotes and stuff. I see them all the time and they're hype. I, I like it a lot. You've got a passion for community building, marketing and storytelling. Um, but let's, let's start at the beginning. Like how, how, how did you first start like realizing that just working a full time normal gig is not really for you? Well, it was it was really a process, as with anything that we do in our lives, right? So I had just graduated university, and I landed my dream job at an agency that I was really well-respected in Ottawa named McMillan, mm-hmm. and I got to work with incredible creatives and work on really interesting projects. Mm-hmm. But I had started that role, um, and I'd been working in a little bit, and I felt like I had a little bit of bandwidth, and I'm like the type of person that likes to fill up every second of my day. Mm. Always, always. I get it's that. a problem a little bit. And um, I got approached to lead um, local talks. So I had a little bit of introspection. Oh, I'm just started a new job. Do I really want to be taking on pretty much a second job leading? That's a really big deal. And then I just said, fuck it. And I said, yes. I love it. <laughs> and I thought what was really cool about this is I could apply what I was learning at the agency into building my own kind of micro business Mm -hmm. um and through that i could meet inspirational entrepreneurs in the process and i can completely relate because i'm i'd say i'm doing something sort of similar it's not the to the same 
magnitude or caliber where you're having these really cool uh, passionate local kind of entrepreneurs and, and a panel of them and having great discussions I, I haven't been the one yet but I'm planning on going to a local talks later this month so that should be fun I'll but see you there yeah that, that's gonna be a really good time but let's take it back like one step even before that where you you studied did communications or what? Yeah. So I studied communication studies, um, mm. but all throughout school, I told myself that I didn't want to just have another retail job. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be continuously building up my skill set right. so when I graduate, I could actually get the job that I wanted. Um, I got lucky and I landed a gig with an entrepreneur. It started out me being his administrative assistant and that developed into me doing his social media. Okay. So that is almost... It, it transpired to what I'm doing today, which I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's really cool how like these little building blocks and just these little things that you pile on top of experiences, be you figure out, okay, I like this, don't like this so much. And then you kind of figure out what you kind of want to do. Absolutely. And I believe uh, getting involved in opportunities like this, like podcasts or opportunities where people ask you to tell your story is really interesting because it forces you as a person to sit down and just think about the past couple years of your life. Yeah. What led to where I am today? Exactly. And when you when you look at it from the future, in the present, looking into the past, you realize that you're making these little steps to yeah. get to where you eventually want to be. But in the day-to-day, -day, you're not thinking about it so much. You're just like, like you said, fill up every moment of the day. In the day, you're just grinding. Just, just grinding, just <laughs> hustling, just got to do it, got to do it. And like... I mean, I assume you're pretty type A in that you, you really just want to hustle and get things done uh, a lot of the time. Uh, so I can completely relate with that. But uh, let's talk about your experience with Local Talks. How exactly did you get approached? And what was that story? Tell me that story about how you got it. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. So through university, I did a lot of volunteering at events. And um, when I graduated, I said, okay, I'm going to take a break from events, focus on my job. But I'm still going to go to events. I'm going to still go there, meet new people, because I realize the value you get from putting yourself outside of your comfort zone to meet new people. So I went to a local talks event, and I was just analyzing it, being type A, and I noticed that it could be almost better. Mm -hmm. I noticed that if I joined this community of entrepreneurs, which is something that interests me, um, I could make an impact and elevate the local talks game. So I'd re reached out to the host at the time asking if she wanted a helping hand. And instead of asking me to volunteer, she ended up just asking me to take the entire thing on. Okay. So that's when I said, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So it just started off volunteering. You're like, nah, you know what? Let me run this whole thing. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But it, it started out like we hosted events in a kitchen. And it, it, it took a lot of... Um, perseverance, building up a team. Mm -hmm. um, it took me getting more confident hosting the events until I kind of got confidence asking um, maybe speakers with bigger social media followings mm -hmm. or reaching out to Shopify and asking if I could host the event there. At their space. Which so is that awesome. was, a, it took a year to develop it into almost where it is today. And I'm really excited that you're going to get to go to an event and see where Megan Adams is taking it now because she's killing it. That's awesome because like seeing something kind of start not rough, but, you know, humble, humble beginnings. Humble beginnings. That's a beautiful <laughs> way to put it. Yeah. That, that's really cool. That's really cool. Um, let's talk about how um, you then transitioned from, you know, learning from all these entrepreneurs and whatnot to actually becoming one yourself. I think it wasn't. The transition was going through the process of speaking to all these entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell you about a couple of events and people that really made an impact on me. Um, one of those um, was Laura Kelly. So we had an event and it was called um, How to Sell Yourself as a Solo Entrepreneur. So how can you basically market your own personal brand to get sales and make a living? Laura Kelly is a really well-known photographer in Ottawa. I highly re recommend anybody listening to this, look her up and her podcast. You might not like it. Got a, got a plug. Got a no, plug. I love it, actually. Um, but she she told us the story about, um, you know, she had her day job and she wasn't really happy and she knew that she wanted to get into photography. So um, she didn't have very much experience, but she just decided to jump in with it with two feet. And she created a Groupon um, 
I guess, Groupon ad yeah. saying, um, I will do a photo shoot for you. And um, this is the price. And it was very obviously a lot cheaper than a normal photographer would. I believe the number was like in 24 hours, she had 300 sales. Wow. And she's like, God damn, now I have to do 300 photo shoots, but I'm going to learn. Yeah. And through that process, she crafted her skill set. You know, now she had a portfolio mm-hmm. and she really could start marketing herself as a photographer. Yeah. So that was number one. It's if you're going to do it, just try it. Jump in. Go for it. I love that. The second one was um, all about social media. I'd always been interested in social media and, you know, personal branding was something that I was interested in well, as in as well. Yeah. And uh, I had an event and it was Mallory Rowan who and another speaker on the panel named Eden Osmar. They just talked about the importance of niching. Okay. Why you need to have that target audience and just be speaking to them, um, like speaking to them like you would a friend, right? right. So... That kind of put me in a little bit of a rabbit hole. It's like, okay, well, I know I want to sell myself, but who am I going to talk to? What's my niche? Exactly. Like, how do you figure that out? It seems like such an uphill battle. It seems like such an uphill battle. Yeah. So I went on Google, obviously, and I was like, how to find your niche when you have a lot of interests? And I landed on... Yeah, literally. (laughs) How to find your niche when you have a lot of interests. And obviously, there's going to be content for everything. And I landed on this YouTube video by Marie Forleo. And she said, um, when you want to figure out what your niche is, but you don't know what you want to do, play in private. Mm. So I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, should I make a Finsta account? Like, <laughs> what, am, what do you mean, like, play in private? Yeah. So that's when I decided, you know what? I'm really interested in the cannabis space. So why don't I just make a cannabis Instagram account? Mm -hmm. And it all kind of just started from there. Okay. Talk to me about that a little bit. That Um, that Instagram account, the cannabis, how long have you uh, personally been partaking? How did that become part of your life? And then to create this account. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, to be honest, I've been using cannabis since, uh, yeah. A while. <laughs> Can't remember when I started. That's there. Let's go with that. I'm good with that. And, um, <laughs> you know, when it became legal, I was very uncomfortable with the idea of associating my personal brand with it because I wanted to be a personal brand strategist. Wow. wow if I tell people I use cannabis, they're not going to like me or they're going to think I'm a pothead. Mm, they'll put you in that space because that stigma is exactly. still there, legal or not. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely still there. So I went on Reddit, obviously, like that's where you go to research things that might not be on Google. And I was like, communities for women in cannabis or um, cannabis plus women plus Ottawa, you know, like tried all the search queries. And everything that I landed on was like, I know a girl and I liked her. And then I found out she did cannabis or I want to hire this person. But then I found out she does. She smokes cannabis. And I'm like okay, there's an issue here because I use cannabis and I think I got my shit figured out. So that's when I, the light bulb moment went off. That's when I'm like, well, maybe this could be the niche. Mm. Maybe I can blend professional development with cannabis. Yeah. There's an opportunity for that. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. Who knew? I know. (laughs) So then I launched the Woman Who Weed um, Instagram. I started playing around with it. People liked it. And I'm like, okay, well, if people like this kind of content, I'm sure people would like to get involved in something like this. So then I launched a meetup community. I just made a little blurb. If you are a working woman and you like to indulge in cannabis or you like weed over wine, this is the community for you. And in 48 hours, 100 people joined the meetup community. What? I thought I was going to be able to host the event in my tiny apartment living room i'm like oh okay i gotta find this is gonna be legit this is gonna be legit i need a venue asap yeah yeah yeah. so that's kind of how it all started that's incredible i like there's so much to take away from everything you just said going back to your friend the entrepreneur who has her own podcast and and you know she ate the shit she really she put her price low and she crafted her skill crafted her talents before she even called herself really a photographer that's powerful i really like that right there because 
a lot of people, they look at the end result of all these successful entrepreneurs, all these people who made it, all these shiny Lamborghinis and whatever, and they're just like, oh my God, I want that. What do I do to get that? But they don't see like the process. The, yeah, exactly. And like everything that it took to get there. And then you taking that and actually applying it to your own life. Powerful. Oh, thanks. No, no, no. Like I love that. And I'm, I'm Mal as well. Like I recently had her on the podcast and her talking about niche and stuff like that. It really does make you take a step back and think like, okay, who's my audience? Because exactly. it can't be everybody can't be everybody no it can't no because if you cast too big of a wide of net you're not really speaking to anyone exactly and i find and i've done a couple of um consulting gigs with entrepreneurs that are trying to figure out their positioning what is their brand story and they're so afraid to niche because they think that nobody's gonna want to work with them if they don't do everything right and frankly it's the opposite yeah because if you specialize in something really well and you've proven to people that you can do that effectively, then they're going to trust you to do other things for them. It'll grow, especially when you're starting out. Of course. That's such a great message. That's really powerful, especially because, like, a lot of people, and me included, when I started this podcast, I'm like, well, I don't know, like, I kind of like all kinds of things. I like talking about everything. And it's very, we'll just have a conversation about anything. And with anybody and that yeah that's okay but what are the listeners going to expect it's hard to think as as a consumer when you're the producer right so like i had to kind of change that mindset and and mal's been helping me a lot and she's actually been giving me a lot of advice and tips and even before that one of my early guests hayden uh hayden cashin uh shout out to hayden he's like yo bro you gotta have like a like a message a story a focus something to actually like like hook people or, or something that people are going to want to expect with the podcast. I'm like, okay, okay. And would you say that you've kind of li- figured that out? I'm slowly getting there. Yes. I'm, I'm hashing it out. What now with the whole, it's not that deep story. Like to me, uh, what I think, like what I genuinely believe at the core from all my experiences, traveling, meeting all kinds of cool people like yourself oh, and like all these amazing experiences is that I think like at the base level, humans are all kind of the same. We focus so much on these differences. Oh, you have red hair. Oh, this person practices this religion. Oh, this sexuality. All these different differences that are kind of trying to categorize people. But I don't subscribe to any of that shit. I'm like, yo, we're all the same. We all kind of want health, wealth, happiness for ourselves, for our families. We all kind of just want to like have a good time with our experience here. You know, things differ and like some things, you know, this and that. But yo... It's not that deep means, yeah, we're all just kind of the same. And so true. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? I think that's really great. And I think that, you know, entrepreneurs and something that I realized when I was doing a lot of local talks is a lot of entrepreneurs have those brand heroes, right? Oh, yeah. They're those people that they admire, they look up to, they've done it before them. And the really the people that figure it out the fastest are the people that realize that you don't need to reinvent the wheel, mm-hmm. right? How can you take what someone's doing and put your own spin on it? That's really that's really cool. So, um, who's your brand hero? Oh boy, <laughs> I am obsessed with this brand strategist named Phil Palin. Phil Palin. I've yeah. always really admire um, the work that he does and the consistency he has with his branding uh-huh. and someone that's interested personally in helping other entrepreneurs um, build their personal brands it's just great to learn from someone who is really established and has a really big professional clients I like that and so getting back to the whole brand strategy thing what really made you initially like really fall in love with that and what is it about brand strategy that just got you fired up like was there an aha moment or have you always known that like this is just what you love to do uh well I worked at Macmillan which was a branding agency absolutely and so I got to work on a lot of projects where they made a brand come to life I find that a lot of companies are so well what I will we learned and what we know as as an agency is so many companies are in the Mm day-to-day that they don't take a step back and realize what they're saying is only clear to them internally but not clear to anybody externally and I think just I find it really interesting to be able to help people 
figure out what their vision really is or ask people the right questions and help them figure out an answer together. So the culture versus the vision then. So the vision would be kind of outwardly and like what you want the mission to kind of be long term, right? Yeah, and the brand is more about the positioning. So how do you take the vision, which is your like North Star, Mm -hmm. and your mission, which is what you do, um, and then how do you communicate yourself, your positioning, in a way that relates to your target audience? That's okay. what positioning is. And that's really the core of the brand is all of it, but that's really the core about your brand. So let's say I come to you as a client and I'm like, I'd like to get um, some services to help me with my brand. I'm kind of lost with my vision right now, my story, this and that. What are some of the first steps? What are the first things you ask entrepreneurs or whoever would be coming to you? Hey, figure these things out first and we'll, we'll get right back to it. Yeah, so with personal branding especially, I like to figure out who they are, yeah. right? Like, and what makes you unique. Yeah. So I read this book called The Content Inc., mm-hmm. and it really inspired me. It says, um, what your niche should be is the intersection of what you are knowledgeable about and what you're passionate about. Okay. So this is in terms of personal branding. With a company, it would be different. So for me, um, what I would be knowledgeable about is you know personal branding but what I'm like really passionate about is cannabis so how can I figure out how to intersect those two things well I can talk about professional development and intersecting cannabis into your everyday life so that's kind of where I found my he calls it a content tilt how do you talk about things a little bit differently what kind of different social media platforms do you recommend people really lean in on right now in 2019 I think that's a really great question, and my qu- it depends on where your audience lives. So okay. I'm not going to say it's Instagram. I'm not going to say it's Twitter. It depends on where your audience is hanging out and what you're going to double down on. But what I will recommend is that you only work on one to two. Okay. So you don't want to be everywhere because if you're everywhere, you only have so much time in the day, especially if you have a full-time job and you're oh, yeah. trying to balance the two things. So where can you really double down? Mm. So personally, I'm double down. I'm putting all my focus on Instagram. If I want to do a video, it's going to be an IGTV video. Nice. If I'm going to do a post or I'm going to write something really long, it's going to be on Instagram. The strategy is, is that if you are consistently posting your positioning, if you're consistently positioning yourself on that social media platform yeah. as an expert and you grow an audience, you can bring them other places with you. They wow. will follow you. Interesting. Yeah. So, One social media platform. Mallory, on your last podcast, talked a little bit about the importance of building an email list, Mm -hmm. and I would concur. So no matter um, what platform you are building your brand on, you want to be driving them to maybe a landing page where you can collect emails because emails are like liquid gold in the marketing world. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you can have the intersection of the two, you know, you're really focusing on one platform, you know, posting some videos because videos are the medium of the future or currently yeah and um you're just consistently working at it you can really build an audience that brings a really interesting one to me which is tiktok yes tiktok's a new new ish newer one with over i think 800 million new users i know all the kids though i'm like maybe i could bring the weed to tiktok and then someone's like no there's kids on there what so that'd be weird I don't know. I'm an experiment. I'm going to experiment with it. I guess. I'm sure the kids would love it, but it's like, can I morally do that? Uh, that's true. I guess that's really you know? a question you got to ask yourself because it's the whole 19 plus thing. Oh, God. But then, like, are we acting like people younger than that don't? But at the same time, positioning. Oh, you can It can't. gets back to the positioning, right? You can't. Yeah. It's like yeah, the one thing I decided when I de- decided to associate my personal brand with cannabis is that I wasn't going to do anything illegal. Nothing illegal. Like, nothing illegal. So right now, edibles are not legal. Mm. I'm not posting about edibles. Yeah. It's, it's just not legal yet. Well, yeah. it's legal now, but it's not like on the market yet right. through regulated channels. Right. Right. Let's say um, you guys do like this this uh, meetup. You have like a Facebook uh, event or an Eventbrite uh, something event. And then all these people are meeting up. Someone brings some edibles or something. Are you going to discourage them? Oh, no. Anyone can (laughs) do what they want. Do what they want. You're adults. It's about me. Like, I don't want to associate my personal brand with edibles. But, you know, it is legal to, you know, make your own weed butter and then put it in edibles. It's just buying it from a company 
That's yeah. is not legal. Was not legal. It's getting there. <laughs> so then, uh, talk to me about like the experience. I'm a woman who want who wants to attend one of these meetings. I'm a little shy. I don't really know if I want to be like associated with this and whatnot. Would you? I mean, obviously, you would encourage me to come out, but how would you make me feel like it's gonna be a cool, chill, calm, inclusive vibe? Because from what I've read, it seems really fun. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry you can't come, man. All good. <laughs> I'll wait till Men Who Weed, men who weed gets released. <laughs> um, well, the thing is, is I find a, through all of my event planning experience, there's a lot of events where you're getting, you're learning things, right? Mm -hmm. And you're getting talked at. But to build an, a community, I find that it, it needs to go both ways. Right. You know, the people that are in the community need to feel like they're giving as much as they're taking. Right. So that's kind of the frame or the point I wanted to kind of get across when I was creating Women Who Weed. How can I get people involved? So I formatted that to begin with as a book club. Everyone read a book and we are going to come and we're going to discuss it. And that model has worked really well. It's got the right target audience to come to the events. We're getting professional women, intelligent professional women. We are keeping it on theme with, um, you know, we're talking about the women experience and um, we're relating that experience to the topic of the books. And then um, everyone gets the opportunity to talk as well. Uh, that's powerful. You need that because you can't, that's really building the engagement. Like, that's Well, there's a, if you think about it, there's, People, there's different groups within, like the one thing that we all have in common is cannabis, right? So a, a basically a community is just connecting people that have something in common, mm, right? And cannabis is so wide, the net is so wide that, you know, we could have older women coming to the events or we could have people that are um, love nature or people that use cannabis and fitness, like but the one thing that we all have in common is cannabis. Is the cannabis. Yeah. That's that common And we're all women. I, I really like that. How can people join? Yeah. So you can join by um, joining our meetup community, um, meetup.com slash women who weed, or you can join our Facebook community, which is um, facebook.com slash women who weed. Interesting. I love that a lot. What is your longer term vision of the company? Where do you see it going in like more than a year or so? Yeah, because obviously you can't make money from events. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that before getting into this. Um, my goal is to continue cultivating the community um, across North America. Um, so I would love to see Women Who Weed chapters really across North America. I'm in talks with um, three different cities that will be probably launching in January. So it's on the move. And then... Once the community gets to a certain size, um, we've been chatting about how can we turn this into a product. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking that might be a piece of technology that enables the cannabis community to connect with one another. Oh, like, are we talking like an app or are we talking I'm like... thinking like a progressive web app. Okay. So it would allow people to host events and find their target audience. Mm. We just brainstormed this the other day. It That's... is fresh off the press i like that though that's, <laughs> we, there's definitely like you talked before about going on reddit and trying to find these communities and this and that and no luck right if you have something like this and it can be marketed right which i'm not worried about with you uh like people are gonna hear about it and soon these lo these local chapters everywhere are gonna pop up but how do you then manage who's gonna be heading these up and it, it, it's still following the vision and it's not like something yeah, for different, sure. you know, than what you kind of have. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, you can't be everywhere at once, right? But the idea is that if we eventually had an app, different communities would develop on them that we wouldn't even touch or know about. We would enable women leaders in the cannabis space to do whatever they want with it. But we would just give them the tool to be able to make it happen. Interesting. That's a great answer, actually. I, that's the long-term vision. That's that is the long like long-term, like two years. No, but that's that's really good though, because I mean, any vision past that is going to be kind of hard to give like a practical, like this is what's going down. But like, yeah, you can't be <laughs> holding people's hands, right? Yeah. Like, and nor do they want to. Like, people are people that feel inspired to create something and bring people together want to have um, feel empowered to make whatever they want out of it. 
Exactly. And to me, like the most powerful thing about the the whole community aspect is that you're you're kind of allowing people to just be themselves and not have to hide, you know, like like this whole stoner thing, this whole like uh, stereotypes. It's like, you know, you literally say in your ad, like bring your stilettos and your books or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Stiletto stoners. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> And I love the whole, like, bring your own joint. That killed me. That, like, the marketing is on point for this. Like, I know. You're I feel right. like I lighting up come. a joint right now. <laughs> you might just have to. I might. I just have to. <laughs> I, I'm not stopping you. Um, but, yeah, no, it's 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 such a great concept. It's such a great idea. I love that people, can, even in, in Ottawa, like, all places, like, the most bureaucratic, like, three levels of government, Oh no! Please. You know your boss in the government smokes weed when he goes home. You know, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now he doesn't have to do it in the shed anymore. Exactly. <laughs> you can blow it in your in a cop's face if you want, and they can't even do anything. Not that I'm aggressive. Adv- <laughs> not that I'm ad- advocating to do that. Uh, no, that that's uh, that's amazing. I really like the whole community building aspect of it. Um, are there any other like interesting passions you have and other things other than the weed and the women and entrepreneurship that you got going on that you think people would be interested in? Um, well, actually, I'm trying to narrow my focus. Okay. I'm trying to do the opposite. Okay. <laughs> so when I decided that I wanted to be, become an entrepreneur and make this leap of faith, mm-hmm. um, I had a lot of ideas. I'm going to grow women who weed. I'm going to take on all these clients. I'm going to build my own personal brand. And I'm also going to help an entrepreneur build his, you know, the list went on. And then I went on a vacation and I just kind of sat there. I'm like, I am overwhelming myself. Mm. So you need to figure out when you're an entrepreneur, like what really matters? What do you really want to focus your energy on? Finding your why. Finding your why. Exactly. That's so true. And that's something that I think I even personally face is like, my mind's a million places at once. I want to do it all. I want to do everything. But like what someone told me once and it's kind of stuck with me is like you can do anything like within reason, but you can't do everything. Yes, I love that. And That's a great quote. That has stuck with me so like it, it's making me really think like, OK, I need to be able to say no to more things. Yeah. Or like, where do you want to be in five years? And will saying yes to this help you get there? So, for example, the other day, someone reached out to me, very, very kind, um, and asked me if I wanted to do a creative shoot, a photo shoot on a Saturday, midday. And I thought about it. And I'm like, okay, that sounds like fun. Sure. I said yes. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, spending my entire Saturday doing a creative photo shoot really <laughs> helped me, or should I be spending that time building my business? So then I said no. That's so it, it felt uncomfortable. I felt kind of mean, but you have to get comfortable you know putting yourself first Mm -hmm. i like that a lot because it's hard to say no it's almost that fear of missing out almost it's like well i could do it it'd be really fun yeah there's nothing wrong with doing it hard hard to say no to fun things oh it definitely is but like you said keeping that focus in front of your mind like is this going to be helping me is this going to be helping my strategic long-term vision not to put it in these textbook terms but that's really what it is and like having that for your own life so you really seem super passionate about like sorry passionate is not the right word self-aware you have a high level of self-awareness have you always kind of had this like introspection this ability to look inside and see how something's making you feel or is this a learned skill oh god no definitely not um when i was in high school i won the most blunt award i just say shit (laughs) (laughs) i literally just say shit that i i've had to work on that a lot Uh but i don't know in the past couple of years i've just known that if i want to get to where i eventually want to be i need to start thinking more um I started doing gratitude journals. Okay. I bought one online and it's every day you write three things that like made you happy. Okay. And that just started putting my like brain in the process of um, self-reflection, right? Yeah. Like what was good today? Mm-hmm. What was good today? And yeah. I did that for a couple of years and then I'm like, well, what would be good if I did this in a couple of years? Or what would be good if, what would good look like to me in five years? So I, I definitely think it's a learned skill. I think it's a skill that anyone can learn. I mean, you don't have to do your yearly planning 
on December 30th, you know, right before New Year's Eve. But like, that's also a great time to start. Mm -hmm. Like maybe map out what your five-year goals are, your three-year goals and your one-year goal, and then make a work back schedule based on that. But like, what am I going to do to get there? How am I going to get there? Maybe smart goals or something like that. Um, Your gratitude journal. What time do you write in it? Is it at the end of the day? Is it the beginning of the day? Um, whenever you find time. Whenever I find time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That that's a pretty good like because I know people always want to hear about others' routines. Okay. Like oh, what does Reagan wake up and do? What's oh the- my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I think what's more important is actually just the fact that you said yeah I did it for a couple of years. I didn't yeah. do it for two days and okay yeah. I'm all gracious and happy now. No. <laughs> well, I think it's about like how can you make habits like a little bit more fun? Mm. Like I bought this cute little like I'm all about like Instagram and like cute aesthetic things. So oh, yeah. I like spent 20 bucks on a gratitude journal from chapters. And then now when I open it up, it has like these cute little inspirational quotes and it's like really colorful and there you go. I can gram it every once in a while. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. It makes it fun for me. That's I like that. When I started trying to build a morning routine, um, I did it on this app where you like challenge other people. It's kind of like an Apple Watch, but I don't have an Apple Watch, so it's a little bit different. So every time you finish, you do a habit, you like track it, and then you can kind of like kill your opponent, which might be like your friend or someone that you're like competing against, you know? Okay. Like you got to like gamify That's habits. Because it can get really boring just always looking inside of how can I improve? How can I be better? Because it, it almost like in that frame of mind, you can start to think, I'm not doing enough. I'm not enough. Even when you're trying to have be grateful. Like the whole point of it is like, yo, I'm trying to find things to be like grateful for in my day. And like, you know, oh my God, like I have this job. I have this roof over my head. I have this family and stuff. But then like you might just start being like, well, like scrolling through Instagram. Oh, this guy's got a this guy's got this car that I want. This guy got this. And even when you're trying to be grateful, you're like, I had a shitty day today, you know? Yeah. And then what I write is, um, still writing still alive today you know like how do you make like the positive a shitty day like great lunch you know (laughs) hey but it's it's the fact that you stuck with that that's that's really cool i might have to start doing this i try to wake up in the morning and do a little deep breathing and say like 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 I'm just lucky or like just be thankful a little bit, but I don't give it any more thought than that. Then I just go about my day and, and do things, right? But I don't think most people do. Yeah. They're not like always thinking about their future, you know? Yeah, it's tough. But you do have like a high level of self-awareness. I noticed that about you. That's really cool. Um, have you noticed any other traits in all these entrepreneurs you've talked to that's like you've noticed it's kind of like a common occurrence or something that like, oh, you know what? A lot of us do this. Yeah. I would say it's like a lot of entrepreneurs feel the fear and then just do it anyway, Mm. you know? And that's consistent across the board. Like you did it with this podcast. I don't know how this podcast is going to turn out, but I'm going to go buy all the fucking equipment and just do it. And here you are, right? Like how many incredible conversations have you had from this? Who knows where this is going to be in a couple of years, right? Absolutely. It's such a big thing because for the longest time, like I would just think about it. Like I was like, I don't know, this, that. But then I'm like, you know what? I could go another X many years just thinking about it reading books on it listening to a podcast i love it. that that is su- something that we all fall it's like the information trap yeah right we try to learn something so hard that we don't actually like practice put it into practice i have so many friends who have so many ideas for businesses and stuff and they're just sitting on the back burner because they're like no no i gotta do this course i gotta do this i gotta do that well i work with an entrepreneur and his name's fahad al-hatab and i had the exact same co- conversation with him i really respect him as a mentor as well i'm like i find myself learning so much and never applying anything that i'm learning so i have so much information written down all these notes and i'm never using it Mm. i'm sure everyone says that he's like stop reading things that don't apply to exactly what you're doing Uh. he's like right now you're writing website copy listen to shit on website copywriting right then when you're building a social media um strategy only listen to stuff on social media strategy because you're only going to really remember what's relevant at the time. So I might have a whole like, Google Doc full of social media strategy, but yet when I go to do it, I'm going to validate my strategy again by Googling it, right? It's something we always do. 100%. And it's 
it speaks to our information diet. In 2019, we're almost overloaded by stimulating content in all kinds of forms everywhere you go, whatever you do. It's almost hard to even shut the brain off and just everyone's trying to give you tips oh yeah all of the tips everywhere top 10 list everywhere of everything tips (laughs) what i've honestly started doing is picking a couple of people the brand heroes i'll go back to that um that i really respect or i really um you know they've proven their concepts Mm -hmm. or they're experts in their field and i just listen to a couple people so for marketing it's like neil patel love it right like that's the guy. Yeah. If I'm going to go to one website, it's going to be Neil Patel. I like you know? that. I like this focus. But then what if someone else comes around and slithers into your information? Okay, diet? well, I'll look <laughs> at it, obviously. I'm not only going to be Neil Patel, but it, it helps me like not waste time. Because then you have all these contradictory um, oh, yeah. inf- like information. Yeah. And then you're like, well, now I'm just confused. And you were confused when you started anyway, because that's why you're Googling it. <laughs> it's a, kind of the same thing of, of people with diets. Right, it's like, oh my gosh, should I go paleo? Should I do keto? Oh I my do god, this? that's a great. It's like comparison. All, all these different diets, and then they end up just ordering pizza and ice cream and this and that. I'm and overwhelmed. Like, oh, ah, help! Too much. Don't know what to do. But it's the same thing with our information diet. I find when scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, all these different things, you're just like, oh my god. Gary V told me, I I can't hate Mondays. And here I am. I hate Mondays, I hate Mondays or something like that. Like I don't actually hate Mondays. I I don't really hate a day of the week. But I'm just giving you an example. It's just like there's just so much out there for people. How else can they really try to avoid things? Would you ever recommend someone like deleting an app completely? Oh well, I've been like unfollowing a lot of people. Okay, that's a good one. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to. I spend a lot of time on social media um, because that's obviously the space that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And I found myself just scrolling through a lot of content that like wasn't high quality. The messages weren't really positive and yeah. I was wasting my time trying to get to the good stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, well, why don't I just Unfold. only have the good stuff? Right. Yeah. So now my experience on social media is a lot more positive. That's cool. Right. You and I actually did it to be that way exactly and now um what is the point of social media it's to be social mm-hmm. right you actually have to engage with people oh and God. comment on things so and you know respond to people's stories like you got to actually be on there so now i can just scroll through instagram and comment on other people's stuff that i actually care about or people that have really positive messages that's so true when you remove the whole like i don't know i don't know why all people use social media it's kind of a little differently for everybody right totally totally like uh, there's a lot of people who are just on there with one photo and you don't even know if they're really like some people are on there literally for completely personal uses right yeah i personally have started using social media as a business tool Mm. i a strategy sometimes is saying no to things right and i started saying no to posting pictures of me at parties on social media maybe my story but you're not going to find that on my feed Ah. so now i've started really just this is what it's for and to be honest, it's taken a little, like a lot of pressure off me. So when I felt like I had to post every single thing exciting that I was doing, I was, I I don't know. I I felt a little overwhelmed for someone that's like in social media. So now I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to post professional content once or twice a week. And that's that, that's my strategy. And it's been working. Whatever's on brand, on message. Exactly. On brand, on message. That's, that's so cool because to me, um, it's kind of tough to figure that brand message that what is my personal brand what am i really doing this for who am i really talking to because you can get caught up in just like you can be traveling and like should i be snapping this moment or should i just enjoy this moment so totally that's a that's a good way like you kind of already answered my next question a little bit maybe you can expand a little bit more but it was just like some of the negatives of social media right and like people feeling pressure to post all the time or everything's a story or here's my food or here's <laughs> us podcasting together here's like a million different which i actually do want to take a story of, oh absolutely no no, <laughs> no doubt throw it on there i will not stop yeah, you do that while you're in your <laughs> yeah, your absolutely but like to me uh there's like everything in life there's pros and cons to social media right so you know, you could be scrolling through Instagram, uh, comparing yourself to other people, even if it's subconsciously, 
you know, you could be like, oh, I should post this thing. I, but that might take you out of the moment. So it's just like, how do you, I mean, you already kind of answered this. Well, book. I think there's a couple of things mm-hmm. um, that are a lot of things negative with social media. Yeah, It's like self-talk, right? Or like comparing yourself to others, which you just touched on. And the time that you spend on the oh platform you iPhone, where, you, right? where you could be spending it learning yeah. or building a business, right? Or reading. Like I had a client today and she said that when she wanted, she decided that she wanted to get into professional acting and she decided that to do that, she needed to be all over social media, okay. everywhere, YouTube, like Facebook, LinkedIn, you know, LinkedIn, <laughs> blah, 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 every, every single profile, Pinterest, maybe, maybe yeah. not Pinterest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she said that eventually I started spending more time on social media than I actually was building my business. Hmm. And that's when it becomes a problem. That's very true. But right? it's hard to separate that because you might even justify it in your head. Well, all this work that I'm doing on social media is business. How do you separate that line? That's a really good question. And that's kind of something that I'm telling myself right now. I guess it depends what the mission of your business is. Mm -hmm. No matter what, like if you're trying to build a personal brand on social media and get sales, then you need to make sure that what you're doing is converting Mm -hmm. and you're actually getting those sales, right? Right. So like, how do you get conversions? Well, you're making lead magnets and you're getting those emails and then you're following up with them. Like if you're just posting, you're not actually getting those emails, then what are you posting for? Right. Something that I think gets lost in um, seeing all these not gurus, but people who are influencers and people who are killing it in a space that a lot of people want to be killing it in. Let's take Gary V for an example. Um, a lot of people will see his videos and his content and, oh my God, I'd I'd love to do this. I want to be on every platform. I got to be crushing it on this, 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 and this all the time. But they don't realize that he has a whole team. Oh, yeah. Like a whole team, a whole media company behind him, helping him make this stuff happen. So what advice do you have for people who like are a one-man army and need to utilize social media, but also have to work on their content, their business? Well, he does say like, what's the one thing that you can do extremely well and then be the absolute best on it? Yeah. Well, you could apply that to like your brand, right. but you could also apply that to what channel you decide to use. Uh, so remember we were talking, chatting a little bit about it earlier. It's picking that one content channel and just doubling down on it. Love it. Great yeah. answer. Pick that one channel, double down on it. How do you feel about LinkedIn? I think LinkedIn is underutilized. Uh-huh. LinkedIn video is becoming really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's obviously focused for a more professional audience. So if I were to post something on LinkedIn, it would be very um, instructional or it would be um, how can you be better in your career by following these steps or An by article. doing these things? Yeah. Articles, exactly. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff. Okay. But I almost think it's changing even that. Like that's what I thought LinkedIn was this whole time and now i'm seeing just everything on there i'm seeing it's basically almost like a face starting to see some more self-help yeah coming up on there a lot of self-help a lot of like uh almost things leaking from facebook onto it that things that i've seen i've seen some political stuff i'm like this should never be on linkedin before i think they're kind of opening up the floodgates for advertising too yeah there's a lot of like it's an interesting place because I've debated it, me personally, I'm already chopping up videos. And you, you'll see this when I send you some clips of this amazing chat. Uh, but chopping up videos for Instagram, which you might have seen one or two of those. And then I'm like, okay, well, should I make a longer one for YouTube? I don't know. I don't have the time. Should I make <laughs> one for LinkedIn? Well, I did once and it did really well, but that took me a lot of time. Eh, maybe not LinkedIn. And then... Facebook, thankfully, I could just link it with my and then Twitter. And then there's just almost too much. I don't really know what my point was there. But. Well, you could see. Well, no, you could see how many like how well it's actually working. Like you could put like a tracking pixel in a link. Yeah. And then you could I see how many how clicks that. that it gets yeah. and then be like, OK, well, people might be watching this, but they're not actually clicking or see like maybe put like a metric is like how many more 
um, LinkedIn requests yeah, am I true. getting based on doing this? That's true. Right? It's all about analytics at the end of yeah, the day. Yeah, it's can all look about at analytics. Everything. You can, like, I just opened that world up and I was looking at it like, bro, you could tell, like, the demographics. It's a story. Of the people, it's like, really a story once you start diving into it. <laughs> it's, it's really interesting. I like that a lot. Um, let's go back a little bit and talk about uh, your, it wasn't really a transition to entrepreneurship, but how different is your day to day now that you've gone full tilt from a entrepreneur to an entrepreneur? What's it yeah. like now? Well, I think it's really important first to just kind of talk about like, how do you know when you're ready to become an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and like, should you become an entrepreneur right away? Mm -hmm. Right. So I knew that personal branding was what I was really interested in. But did I just quit my job and start doing on like personal branding? Absolutely not. I started taking on clients. I did a couple of tests. I got feedback. Is this working? Am I good at this? Can I build a process? And then I realized, okay, I think I could get this. And then the next step was, I'm ready to be an entrepreneur. How am I going to make money? Mm. How am I going to make up my salary? Right. And I had to figure out a way. So now I work part-time with an entrepreneur managing his personal brand. Right. So that keeps my income coming in. Okay. But now I have the bandwidth to take on more projects on the side. Okay. Right? So it's all project-based, client-based. Yeah, but I have one consistent client that's like a one-year contract. That's great. That I work with multiple times throughout the week. There you go. So that's so almost like your main... Exactly. Yeah. So a lot, a lot, what a lot of entrepreneurs or people do is they start going part-time in their full-time job. So this is almost like that for me. Mm. So people, a lot of government um, offices allow people to do that. Like, that's great. That's a really great way to do that test. Mm. So once you do that test and you have a big enough pipeline, your pipeline is full, essentially, then you know that you could make the jump. What was it like trying to get that first client, getting that first person to work with you when you had no experience to show for it. It's like, take a chance on me. The stars kind of aligned. Yeah, the stars really aligned. He was looking for someone and we known each other personally. Okay. And uh, he had been following my personal branding for uh -huh. a while and knew that I had the capacity to do so. So he was willing to take a risk on me. I love that. That's, yep. that's important. So you now almost do sometimes need luck. Sometimes luck has to play a part yeah, of luck journey. has to play a part of it and it's you know of course I took a significant pay cut mm -hmm. I didn't know really how I was going to take on new clients and I didn't even know hey like do I really want to be is this really what I want to do yeah so now it's almost like dipping my feet in the water um to just kind of figure out what my next step is that's awesome. And that's where the risk comes into. That's where the risk comes in. Because, you know, everyone wants to look at it's it's kind it's of all a about, sexy thing now to be an entrepreneur, people think. But you need to make sure that you can financially make it work. Exactly. Because right? everyone's always a lot of people are preaching this, oh, quit your job, go full tilt into your passions. I, I hear this a lot. Uh go go full out into your passions. Find your passion, do your passion. It's like, well, you also have to be good at it. And you also have to be able to pay your bills. And you have to build an audience. Yeah. You really have to build an audience. Yeah. Because those are going to be the people that end up buying your product. Absolutely. And it all really comes back to that community, that tribe. Yep. That is something that I mentioned on another podcast that I was on. It's, all, um, it's Seth Godin's idea. Or no, it's not his idea. But anyway, it's all about the concept of a, th a thousand true fans. Mm -hmm. So you don't really need to be impressing everyone everywhere. But if you have a thousand true fans, whether that be in your city or um, that be within your niche, those are the people that are going to follow you. Love it. And buy your stuff because that's what matters. That is. Money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really does at the end of the day. I mean, as much as the vision is important, the business, everything is, is great. You still need to be able to sustain yourself and then some. Um, getting back to the whole, it's not that deep concept a little bit there. One other question I had for you was what's one thing in entrepreneurship or with all the entrepreneurs you've talked to that people tend to overcomplicate. People just tend to like, just make it way bigger than it is way deeper than it is. Sometimes what's something you've kind of noticed that people need to just like, yo, chill, man. I think that. People try to overcom. 
I don't know if it's overcomplicate, but I think people try to create solutions for people that they don't necessarily need. Okay. So that's why you find there's a lot of like crappy products out gimmicky there. Things, yeah, just, gimmicky things. Yeah. Or a lot of people build apps that fail. Yeah. I'm not like the one to give you the stats on this, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you see it all the time, right? 100%. It's everyone's trying to build something, but like you need to know who your audience is and you really need to do that branding mm-hmm. figure that positioning before you even waste your time doing it figuring out you need to have a proof of concept a, exactly and figuring out if there's a pain point if you're actually solving yeah something. exactly yeah that's and that's something that you found with with uh, the women who weed i've really loved that um what's what's next for that business what's next what are, what are you doing next for this shorter term i already asked about the long-term vision but what are you about to do you know what? We really want to grow the community. Yeah. We want people across the country, across North America, to just get really excited about having this new um, platform to meet other people. Absolutely. Right? Cannabis just is becoming legal. Like This is the very beginning of a movement. Yeah. Like, we don't know what it's going to be like in 10 years. Oh, so the I, people that I, yeah. have used cannabis are really excited about it, and mm-hmm. they are eager to get involved. And so we want to give them the the platform to do so. And a lot of people, I feel like, in the future are even going to travel to Canada just to kind of... Cannabis tourism is a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. And wait till we get, like, like lounges or, like, it opens up a bit more for more entrepreneurs to open up shops. and Amsterdam and Canada. You never know. I mean, I see it happening. Right now, it's a very, like have this plain packaging little place in the oh, yeah. government shop. Oh, yeah, it's boring shop. AF. Yeah, but... It's boring. I, it'll change. That'll change. Like, it'll Vancouver change. and BC, they already have, like, a really hype culture mm-hmm. surrounding it. Like, I recently got to visit Vancouver, and I, I just got to see all these cool different dispensaries and all this different, like... And it's all legal. It's been legal. Like, it's... it's no one's doing anything illegal there. Yeah. But it's just, like... It's hype. It's like, oh, this is cool. It's so hype. This is this is. I'm like, pretty hyped up. This is a whole vibe. Um, talk to me about like the field trips that you kind of organize and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we're experimenting. So we did the the meetups where we talk about a book and a topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're like, well, let's get these people a little bit more knowledgeable on the weeds. Right. So we are lucky enough to be close enough to the Tweed Visitor Center. Right. I don't know if it's the only one in the world, so I don't want to say that, but it <laughs> might be. And um, we're just an hour away. So we're packing the women who weed into a bus and we're going to their facility to learn all about the process of how cannabis goes from a greenhouse into a dispensary and what does that look like just so seeing it from start to finish that's, start to finish that's really cool so we're gonna get a guided tour of the entire thing and learn firsthand of really that almost like cannabis manufacturing process that's really cool do you ever grow your own weed have you ever done that i haven't no? i don't know if i wanted to dank on my apartment yeah that's you know true. that's true i, I just... don't mind the smell but like for months uh yeah i know a lot of people who've done it like uh like I mean, I guess since it's become legal and like, but they have backyards and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a lot better outside. Mm-hmm. I've read. I trust me. I've read into it. Yeah. You save a hell of a lot of money yeah. if you can grow your own cannabis. That's what I was thinking. But do you like to experiment with a lot of different kinds of weed and and, and different stuff? Do you use it for different uses? Yeah. Well, I'm tr- the beautiful thing about the legal market is that you can find the exact type of strain for you. Mm-hmm. You just kind of have to experiment, which yeah. is for some people the scary part. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm usually I do stuff that is really fun with engaging people, but other people like to do stuff where they can just kind of hang out at home or some people do it for chronic pain, right? Everyone has their different use cases. Now that I can pick and choose what I want, I'm trying, I'm starting to experiment with more. So for example, I took, pick up a strain the other day. I don't remember the name of it. And I'm going to see if it helps me fall asleep because I, it seems my brain seems to work the best when I'm literally should be sleeping. Oh, you're so me. we're gonna try. We're gonna do a little personal experiment and see if it works. And if it does, you damn right, I'm gonna be sharing that on social media. So. That's hype. I like that. Maybe it's a it, it's another thing where you like can have like different strains for different people and have like a rating. Scale. I found one where it's really <laughs> great when you're like trying to brainstorm and be really creative. Just creativity, yeah. Yeah. 
Assam. I want that right before bed. Even though I like you, like all the best thoughts, everything. I keep a notebook behind. You don't see it Do here. Do you? But That's like, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I better get this before it's just gone. Sometimes I do that and I wake up the next day. I'm like, that idea sucked. That was so <laughs> bad. What, what was wrong with me? Was I drunk? Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I like that a lot. That's funny. But it's like that undistracted thinking time. And that's another thing going back to your um, question about entrepreneurs is I think really great entrepreneurs schedule time to think Ooh. right like really great entrepreneurs that are very successful yeah. have a plan I like that. and that's what a lot of people don't do nope. they don't turn off unplug and just write pen oh, to yeah. paper write things down oh i'm big or, on like do personal strategy sessions i'm big on all these little tips and stuff because i'm all about like personal development like just bettering yourself and just leveling up kind of yeah and yeah i've heard like some of the most successful ceos billionaires this and that they'll keep their calendar as empty as possible some of them some like some of them you know busy as hell oh whatever. Yeah. but like literally schedule in time for nothing doing nothing there's something so powerful about us doing nothing like it's kind of a ridiculous concept to me to just think from like outside looking in like yeah we have to we do so much and we make ourselves so busy in western society that we legit don't take a second to just you know step back this is what i'm doing we're like let's just chill for a second yeah here. completely yeah. yeah yeah it's important to have some me time oh yeah i think in the future a big thing that's gonna be like if someone wants to start a business right now it's gonna be like social media detox or like phone detoxes and like uh, retreats and that kind of stuff like get away from everything and do nothing for this weekend and it's I gonna love, be a thing oh yeah and i love that you're saying that because with women who weed i'm trying to build the offline community but also an online community Ooh. and what i'm noticing is that people don't really care to engage in the online community really it's because when you're using cannabis you want to be with people you right connect. or you want to be by yourself yeah but you don't want to be on your phone no you know, you don't want to be typing novels. No. You know, you don't want to be having conversations online. 100%. So that is something that's really interesting. It's a really interesting insight. That is interesting. I've never thought about it that way. You're right. You want to be around people, obviously, depending on what you do, how you do it, whatever, whatever's going on in your life. But generally speaking, it comes down to connection. Yep. Right? Which is what you're also kind of like underlying through all this communities everything is just connecting being able to connect with other people and it, it's so powerful that like you're a catalyst for that where people can come out be themselves you know we're talking about a book or whatever but now these people become friends and these people might create a pocket and some of these these people like wine a lot too and they'll go out to wine and another i've seen day. that yeah i've seen that a, a bunch of people that have met through women weed i've seen hang out and i'm like I'm just saying. It feels I'm nice. I'm just saying. That feels nice. You can say it. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's awesome. This is this is so great. Um, if you can believe it, we've almost gone over an hour. It's, oh wow! It's been a, it's been a great chat so far. Is there anything you think I really missed or, or didn't really cover with you today in our little? No, discussion? you got did an awesome job. <laughs> Thank Keep you hustling. so much. Thank you. I really appreciate Ooh. it. Uh, we've still got a lightning round to go. Um, uh, but. I did want to ask you one question before I got to those kind of rapid fire ones, but what would like your main advice be for someone like a 17 year old version of you? 17 year old version of me. Yeah. Someone a lot younger, still trying to figure it out. What, like if you had you come tell her what's up, what would that one thing oh, be? That's a really great question. I would say like make really good friends. Make good friends. Make really good friends. Interesting. Because like those that. are going to be the people that are just there for you, that inspire you, you know, that are going to be your your cheerleaders. I love that. Right? I I felt when I was in high school I didn't have the the friends that I have today uh, okay. and it's really impacted my life significantly it's important to find those group of people because don't they always don't say, let people treat you like shit you know absolutely not the yeah. minute they do you don't got time for that cut them out you're a busy girl move on cut them out move on love it that's powerful that's so great well because they say that you are the sum of the people you're around like yeah. you, like and I genuinely believe that like 
if you're around people who are i mean you're you're living proof of this when you were doing the local talks you were literally surrounded by these entrepreneurs and you soaked in it all in you probably made some amazing connections and now here you are blood entrepreneur yourself i know i can't believe it sometimes i pinch myself you're killing it um and it's just the beginning like you said it's just Just getting started just getting started um let's get to our lightning round cool it's just gonna be uh four or five quick questions uh but take as long as you need to answer them because you know it's not that deep um (laughs) (laughs) if you could live anywhere besides ottawa where would it be um vancouver Vancouver. i haven't been there though but i feel like it's chill it's a vibe it seems like a vibe you'd like it a lot uh or amsterdam obviously have you been yeah, I just came back. Oh, oh yeah, you were in Europe. Got to go where the weeds is. Oh my God, I didn't even get to ask <laughs> you about that. That's so hype. It's cool. Yeah, super I, fun. I loved Amsterdam. It's like a really cool. Like, oh yeah, it's just, a vibe. Like you could take even take the the whole cannabis aspect away for a second. Just the canals, the architecture. Everyone's on their bikes. There's like all kinds of museums and great food and just and then obviously the coffee shops. <laughs> That's totally. awesome. Totally. Uh, your uh, best book you've read in 2019? Oh, um, Sapiens. That book's trippy. Yeah, man. Great book. So trippy. It makes you really think. It really does. It really makes you think. Uh, your favorite strain of cannabis you've ever tried? Oh, that's a great question. If you know, I mean, you know. Um, uh, Purple Haze. Purple Haze. Love it. Honestly, I just made that up. Just, I don't. You, I don't have one off the top of my saw, head. You saw the Jimi Hendrix back I know. there, and you were just like, like "Purple haze." <laughs> Yo, I'll take it. I'll take it. I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> I hate lying. That's fine. It's not that deep. It's really not. <laughs> um, what's your favorite late night eats in Ottawa? Oh, I stop eating after like nine. Okay. I'm what's, lame, what's and dinner? I don't order out. I'm super lame, and I like meal prep like a crazy person. That's fine. That's not a like, bad thing. Like that's it. Only okay, meal what's prep. Your, what's your favorite meal prep? What's your like cheat meal prep? Like you know what? I got this meal Reese's with- Buttercups. Oh. I always got those Ooh. in the cupboard. All big, big Reese's. God, I always guy. got those. God, I always had those. Love it. <laughs> uh, this one it kind of ties in with the one I asked before the lightning round. But what's the best advice you have ever gotten? Wow, the best advice I've ever gotten. Someone just told you something and it just stuck. It resonated. You're like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, keep going. I love it. No better way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks. Did I pass the lightning round? 100%. (laughs) You won. Flying colors. Tell people where they can find you on social media. Shout out everything you want to right now. Okay. Give us a follow. Um, Woman Who Weed, Instagram. Myself on Instagram is it's Reagan Bradley. Um, and then, yeah, those are the main, the main two, just Instagram. That's where to find me. She's true to her word. Stick yeah, to, a couple, stick to that platform, man. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. And remember, it's not that deep. Thanks for listening to another episode of the It's Not That Deep podcast. For access to exclusive articles and content, please head over to www.itsnotthatdeeppodcast.com. And to help me grow this thing to the next level, Here's what I need you to do. Go ahead and subscribe to my podcast on all platforms, wherever you listen, and share with all your friends and family on all social media. And please leave a rating as well. Remember, it's not that deep.